Hi, it's Dom here, pastor at Assemble Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you find what you're looking for today and that you are challenged, inspired, and equipped to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message today. Great to be here. I'm reminded of Tony Campolo, the Emeritus Professor of Sociology in the States, also, perhaps more significantly, um, a Christian author, Christian speaker. Uh, And I've heard him several times, and he normally starts with this line. He says, I'm really, really pleased to be here. At my age, I'm pleased to be anywhere. (laughs) Well, I've got a birthday coming up this week, so um, it's all adding to it, really. Let's turn to God's Word, uh, which this morning we find in the book of Exodus. Switch it on, open it up. Um, or, scan your, or scan the screen. It's Exodus 17, 5 to 16. Um, I'm going to read from um, my Bible, which I'm not quite sure what version was, was put on the screen. Sorry? Oh, well, there we go. When I was at Bible college, they used to say, this was in the days shortly after Noah, um, <laughs> And they said the Good News Bible was the... This is the tutors. They said the Good News Bible was the Bad News Bible. The NIV was the nearly inspired version. Um, and the RSV was the really splendid version. But we've, uh, we've moved on since those days. Um, so we are going to read from the nearly inspired version. The Lord answered Moses... Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Masai and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steadily till till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. 
So this morning we, we carry on with our, our theme of the names for Yahweh, names for Jehovah in the, the Old Testament. Uh, and this morning we move to Joshua Nisai, which is, is not a car, um, but it is Jehovah, the God, Nisai, um, the Lord is my banner, is the, the, the technical interpretation of, of, of that expression. Let, let's set the scene. It, it, it's around 1446 BC. That's even before Alan Fox was born. <laughs> Egyptian, <laughs> Egyptian slavery is behind them. They've, they've crossed, remember in our reading, Moses used his, his staff. Waters parted from the Red Sea, uh, and they, they journeyed on. They had this vision of a land flowing with milk and honey, um, and the, the Israelites were, were on the way. It was a time of promises and miracles. No Michelin stars, but because they were devoid of food, the Lord sent manna from heaven. Personally, I'd have preferred beef wellington, but that, the law decreed, should be appropriate. I'm told that, that manna can be made into honey-tasting pancakes. I've no idea where I read that, and I've no idea whether it's true, but it might be a topic of conversation. If you want to find out about the frosties and the maggots, then you'll need to go away and read chapter 16 of the book of Exodus um, later on. The, the Israelites received the manna, and they, it was all right for a bit, uh, but then they started moaning and complaining, all we've got is manna. And so the Lord sent, sent quails, a bit of, bit of meat to go with, with, their, uh, with their manna. But still they complained because they had no water. So Moses, again, he, he takes the staff, bashes it on the, the rock of Horeb, um, and, and outpours sufficient water to refresh all of the, the Israelite people. And then the next promise that, that we see is a promise that, that uh, the Israelite people will be successful in battle. Now, friends, I have to tell you, I'd love just to, to move on quickly now, to move from that place where we're thinking about Old Testament battles. But uh, I, I can't do that. I can't give you anything terribly profound. You'll not be too uh, surprised by that. But I feel that we cannot just immediately leave behind the fact of the Old Testament battles at a time that, that, that we face uh, our, our global situation, and particularly the situation of the Ukraine, which, which David was, was praying for. In truth, I can say little because I only know little of, about the real situation. But I offer, in, almost in passing, just three thoughts that, that, that I have, three beliefs um, that, that, that I find helpful. Maybe, maybe you will too. The first one is that God loves all people. But those who abuse God's power, 
those who abuse the situations of power that they have, I say no more than they will find it hard to be fully part of the kingdom of God. Secondly, I suggest that God is just, and there's plenty of texts in the Bible to to, to support this. God is just, and, and he, Yahweh, Jehovah, our Lord God, our Lord Jesus, will walk ahead of those who live lives of justice. And my third thought is that God is compassionate and that he does time and time again raise up people of of, of compassion, of faith, and of prayer. Now, that doesn't begin to explain the trauma that so many are going through, but I find just enough comfort to help me through. Don't ask me at the end to explain all about Old Testament warfare because I'm inadequate, quite simply. Back to the text uh, and a few more points. Verse 7. He, that is Moses, called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? God was, was patient with the Israelites who, who were, were the benefactors of God's graces and God's provision. But step by step, it was, it, it was never enough. And reading into, to, into this verse, I see a word from God about legacy. What is our legacy? What is the legacy that God has has given us? How do we pass that on to to other people? What name will we be given? Will will we be known as Massa, one who tested, tested the Lord? Will we be known as Meribah, one who quarreled with the things of God? Or will, will we have that name? Maybe that baptismal name that our legacy is more than a people who moaned, a people who quarreled, a people who complained. What is your legacy? What are you going to leave behind? Yes, good idea to make a will, but actually the things that are of real importance are not the things that you write in a will, not what money you have, but it's a statement of what you can outside of that leave for other people. But don't wait, (laughs) do it now. (laughs) But ultimately make sure that the legacy you leave for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, for your brothers and sisters in assemble, just be sure it's the legacy you'd be proud of. Because I am who I am, I can't let verses 10 to 12 pass without some some comment. Because I I, I see this as humorous. The Bible is not loaded with humor, but there, there are 
plenty of places where, where humour is, is, is suggested. And, and it's this picture of Moses um, who, who's got his staff and he's told, when he raises the banner, hey! and, when the banner comes down. So it gets even more comical because Moses is feeling so, so, so tired that Aaron and, and, and her are called to sit by the side of him and they, they plonk him up on a stone and then as his arms are getting tired, they each hold an arm up. So if when the staff is held high, the Israelites win, if it's kept there all the time, then they will be victorious. Again, the activity of God, the activity through this, this remarkable staff, the staff that poured water out of horror, the staff that turned into a snake, the staff that, that, that parted the Red Sea. Not the staff, really. <laughs> but our God, our Jehovah, our Yahweh, the one who does incredible things. I kind of put, I kind of put this alongside other things where I want to smile at Scripture. Do you, have you found those places? The one that says, when Jesus says, well, it's a bit like, you know, a rich man going to heaven and forcing a camel through the eye of the needle. Is that not humour? <laughs> or about Jesus when, when he, he got on the ground and, and mixed spittle and mud to, to let this blind man see. Jesus, can you just lay hands on him? Never mind that. <laughs> or, or maybe it's the one where Jesus is on his way to to raise Jairus' daughter from, from, from the dead, uh, and the crowd are thronging around him, and he suddenly turns around and says, who touched my cloak? And the disciples think, oh, here we go again. He's, he's lost it. But of course, it was a, a humorous comment, I think, but one that, that revealed the ultimate power of God. That this woman with a, with a hemorrhage could just be healed by, by touching the very edge of, of Jesus' garment. Scripture literally is deadly serious. And in no way do I walk away from the important way of life, the word of God, the inspiration of God, the breathing of the Holy Spirit through its pages. But I think we're allowed to have a little smile sometimes. The, the final thing from the passage is kind of where we started, Jehovah and Nissi, uh, as being the banner uh, of the Lord. It's a tiny bit difficult to get a handle on this one because the expression Jehovah Nissi is only found in, in one part of the Bible. Uh, and obviously, that must be, therefore, uh, Exodus 17 and, and verse 15. But the other little bit strange thing, which it's revealing a truth, something very, very important about Jehovah, about God. But actually the name is the name given by Moses to the altar. So he's not actually saying God is our banner. He's saying in this place we have been, been received, touched by something that we understand out of God's nature is his banner for us. But, but technically speaking, it's, it, it's the name of the altar, um, not specifically the, the, the name of God. But the truth um, is still so much there. 
I guess uh, it's interesting that the, the, the songwriters, uh, whereas Jehovah Nissi is only in Exodus 17, the songwriters seem to have sort of picked up on this. Um, and uh, several songs, some are older, one or two recent ones, have this, this expression of, uh, of God's banner. Now let, let's try this one. Let's see how we go together. He brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. You see, what we've done here is to segregate you. Those who were ancient were singing and those who were quite thinking... Song of Songs, chapter 2 and, and verse 4, is where that, that expression comes from. Not quite the same Hebrew, not, not that I know anything about Hebrew, really. Um, but but it's, it, it is that, that, that verse, really, uh, has been the basis for, 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 for that song. But, 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 but the key thing here is when we're looking at, uh, uh, at the banner of God, is, is to understand, what is it saying to us about the nature of God? Um, when Nisai is used, it, it obviously relates to, to, to banner, but it can also relate to um, standards, ensigns, the sort of flags of, of, of things. That's a signal pole, possibly, and even the sail of, of a ship um, is, is an interpretation of the, the, the name Nisai. I guess, more than anything else, it, it, it's a focal point. Just uh, as it would be uh, in, in wartime, where they, they would, would have a flag um, ahead or as part of their marching uh, equipment. It, it shows some form of identification, some form of uh, direction, some form of, of passion, some sense of, uh, of, of community. I, I was trying to think that other than flags, what, what else do we have um, in, in our world today? And I'm blessed because I have three sons. Everton, Everton, Everton. No? Well, I thought not. And I understand. I'm sorry for the offence. I know you're all Leicester City supporters, as am I. But, but, but that's the kind of thing. If... if Someone in the crowd, and I saw it yesterday on the news from certain matches, if, if, if that is held up, then it, it signifies that we're part of a community. We're part of a, of a passionate community. It, it, it gives a, a kind of a bringing together. If you put a, a, a red scarf of Liverpool in, in the, uh, the, the crowd at uh, Goodison Park, then you'd soon find out there's a who's in and who's not in the community. So, so I, I stand back from this biblical account and, and, and I think of three things, a kind of a progression. I, I see firstly the physical. Um, I, I, I see this in, in the activity of Moses, the use of, of his staff, which clearly is very tangible, the provision of, of food and, and water, even the effects of warfare, in a sense, are physical. But, but, but then I see a next step up, and the next step up is, is holiness. I, I, I think about Moses himself and his relationship with God. I've got a posh word for you, uh, and that is theophany. Uh, and, and a theophany is uh, 
seen in various places in, in the Old Testament. And basically, it, it's an individual meeting between God and usually one uh, of his people. Clearly, in Old Testament times, very, very unusual. And we don't have, we don't have the New Testament where, where our, our, our path through is, is, is through Jesus. So, so we have the, and these are holy meetings. You remember when Moses was at the burning bush? He took off his, um, his Doc Martins, whatever they were. And he was told, this is holy ground. This is a holy relationship. And when Moses built that, that, that altar in Rephidim, it was a holy moment. It was a moment that the banner of God was in this place. Something special, something holy has happened. And friends, you need to walk on holy ground. You need to be a holy people. You need to do holy things. Building an altar is probably long gone, thankfully. But you need to engage with God. You need to do holy things in God's holy places. And what makes those places holy is by inviting God in. By bringing Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit to bless and to have his way amongst us. And then the third bit I... I see this picture is, is the mission. It can't just stop with the building of an altar. It, it's got to go on from there. And so the last, the last bit is, is this going on. The Israelites hadn't reached the promised land. They were still going through many trials and, and tests. They had their ups and their downs. One, one day they were winning, next day not so good. But we have the joy of looking backwards. We have the joy not just of remembering our own walk or what has led us to the place, whatever that might be now. But we have a joy of knowing that a place has been prepared and will be prepared. And we've only just begun the journey in, in, in some ways. And if you haven't joined if you haven't experienced anything of that journey, then maybe this morning, maybe this morning, you'll take a few steps along the way. And rather than saying, as the Israelites did when they moaned and they quarreled, that, why God? And instead of saying as they, that, that they did, is the Lord among us or not? We need to understand that what's past is past and what is present is the grace of God. And you have that opportunity to receive it or not receive it. You need to form your own pattern of grace. Grace is indiscriminate, it's wonderful. God loves me. If you knew more about me, you'd know how wonderful that is. We receive that grace and then we find our pattern. 
And for some of us, it's not going on a missionary journey the other side of the world. But it's to trust, to rest, to stand still, and to await. I forget who said it this morning, but maybe it was before the service that Dom said, I can't remember. But we need to maintain that, that, that sense of expectancy. Sometimes we don't need to rush out. We need to be still. We need to expect the glory of God through a further outpouring of his, his Holy Spirit. As we draw to a close, which is preacher speak for I'm going to do another half an hour. I want to just bring out one or two things that I understand from being under the banner of God. Because that's what we are. We're under the banner of Jesus, not the banner of Moses. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. For familiar verse to many of us. We love because he first loved us. We love. Before we made a mess of things, even after we made a mess of things, he is love and we are called to enjoy that love. What is that love I find Romans 12 and verse 9 helpful? Quite simply because it says, let love be genuine. Don't make it seem to be something it's not. Don't be supercilious. Don't say the right things if you don't mean them. But get to the heart. Get to the bottom. Know the love of Jesus in all its excitement and rawness. But what comes out of you? Let that be genuine. Let your love be real, not counterfeit. Three final words, that's just 20 minutes to go. Firstly, three banners that I want us to think about in the coming days. Firstly, the banner of love. Song of songs, the song we, uh, we started to sing. The banner of love is not optional. I don't expect you to like everyone. But in God's name, you must love everyone. I can't like Putin. But I'm called to love him. I don't know what that means. I don't know how. But if I'm true to my calling, if my love is to be genuine, then I must love in the name of Jesus. Will you rally around? Because that's really what, what, what the Bible is asking us to do. Will you rally around the, the banner? Will you practice? Will you receive? Will you give love? How genuine is the love that we give in our words sometimes? 
And the second banner is that, is the banner of forgiveness. The Israelites failed at times, not just with Moses and his tired arms, but sometimes we fail to do the, the right things. But there is good news. There's always good news. 1 John 1.9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We haven't got time. I I could give you a, a personal testimony. But I'll give you the conclusion of my testimony. And that is this. Don't just think about other people who you need to forgive. Forgive yourselves. Time in my life when I stepped out and was in the wrong place. I knew God forgave me. Even the people around me forgave me. But I could not forgive myself. And for years, and I mean years, someone who's been a preacher, minister for for donkey's years, I could not forgive myself. I don't know whether any of you are are in this place. But let me tell you this, that what I found to be true, and that is, if I do not forgive myself, I am putting myself above my Lord. He forgives me, and I need needed to forgive myself. And as much as I may have ranted on and gone into things of the Bible and Christianity. Something as simple as that changed me profoundly. And if it means anything to you, then receive it with grace. That whatever you think can't be forgiven can always be forgiven. And lastly... The third banner, the banner of love, banner of forgiveness. The last one is the banner of mission. And this is something for us as assembled church. Our banners, our flags that you've seen this morning on on, on the outside, they've, they've got to change because they no longer reflect who we are. Our future mission as assembled church needs to be as visible as our new banners. And do you know what, friends? In my, uh, in my life at this stage, what I really want to know, what I really want to feel, experience, is what the 72 experienced when they came back from their little preaching mission, let's let, let's, let's call it. And in, in Luke chapter 10, it simply records the 72 returned with joy 
and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Friends, I want that mission bit at the end. But I also need that joy. That we don't do things begrudgingly, but as we step out in mission, we do things that, that, that warm our own hearts as much as anybody else's. Friends, will you rally around God's banner? Will you seek his will in the coming days? May you know his love in a new way. May your love be, be, be more genuine. May you know and, and, and practice his forgiveness. Help each other to lift high the banner. And will you identify with his kingdom purposes for assembled church? Whatever that means. Please pray for Dom and Sam. What they've done is remarkable in such a short space of time. But believe me, friends, that's just the tip of the iceberg. They've got so much, so much in their hearts that they want to take us in God's will to a different place. And that burden is heavy. But by the Holy Spirit, it becomes lighter. And it becomes lighter when we stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Friends, lift high the banner that is the banner of, of mission, visible, purposeful, Christ-like. And finally, really finally, if you're not sure... If you're not sure which banner you need to hold high, if you're not sure whether you actually believe that God's banner is, is for you, if you've never been in that place where you want to lift high a banner and say yes and tell people, or if you're in that place where you're on the move, not got it sorted, might moan a bit, that's okay. But do you need, do you need that prayer this morning? We're going to pray together now. And if there's any, this is for individuals, anyone who just has felt that Lord, the Lord's speaking through his word this morning, that that was a word for you and you've never held the banner up and that maybe now is the time as we, we say the prayer, we'll just bow our heads and those who want to respond will, will put their arm up and there'll be opportunity then to, to, to pray with the prayer team. But, but, but some of you also may, may just want to think about that refreshing, that refreshing of your spiritual journey of, uh, of, of, of your life. Wanting, maybe trying like me, trying to work it all out in, in terms of what will our part be in, in the new assembled church. But the real question is, do we want God's kingdom to come? Sign up the list, I guess there's still time, and if there's no spaces, then we'll just pray more. 
But if you really need that prayer that just helps you along as part of the church or helps you deal with a, a, a situation of forgiveness or whatever it is, then our prayer team will, will be here. And they love to pray with you. They won't give you answers, but they will give you a means of how you can receive and find the answers through God directly. So friends, let's, uh, let's pray now. And if, if this is something that is a tiny bit new to you, or you've got lots and lots of questions, but you feel that you want to raise that banner, then let's say this, this prayer together. That's all for now. We pray that you heard something that brought life to you today so that you may go and be the person that God called you to be. God bless you.